0: everybody welcome back to the five hole taxi squad a five hole fantasy hockey podcast presentation we are back tonight on december the 7th for your week 10 preview so without further ado jay let's start up those fairs and let's get into it Welcome, welcome everyone back to the 5-Hole Taxi Squad Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Uh, We are back tonight for your week 10 weekend preview and we are your hosts Craig, Jay and Maddie K here in the van cab tonight. How's it going boys? How we doing? And welcome back to the
1: pod. Doing well fellas. Glad to be back and a lot to talk about. We were just saying before the show we, we had to take an extra four or five minutes to fill out all the injuries. That had happened between when we prepped and when we finalized the prep. So it's going to be one of those pods.
2: No, i just going to say it's exciting to talk hockey. But yeah, absolutely, Craig.
1: What's new with the injuries? It's too long
0: tonight, but I'll do it. I'll take the van cab as we always do around the injury report in the infirmary room and around some storylines that have caught the eye of uh, the taxi squad in the league. Also an extremely busy night tonight uh, across the league with some interesting uh, stat lines and game action, you know. Uh, The Detroit Red Wings blew a 4-0 lead to the San Jose Sharks and ended up losing 6-5 in overtime. And then, hey, apparently this new system with the Isles is working, or the Blue Jackets are just coming down back to earth without the King in net because the Isles have put up seven goals tonight, uh, led by four points from Matty Barzell. But let's take the van cab around the league here and take a look at some... This list just continues to grow. I was saying to the boys before we jumped on, can we please bring back PEDs into professional sports? I don't enjoy that professional athletes are apparently regular human beings now and everything that ails us is ailing them. But let's see what's going on in the infirmary here. Look, you seem like a really nice
2: kid, but my head is fine. Ah, oh, my oh my God. Oh my yeah. God. That's horrific.
0: Oh, Uh, As we all know, uh, last week, the Toronto Maple Leafs put John Klingberg on long-term IR while it was confirmed, and the rumors that were out there that he did actually, in in fact, have a long-term injury. He will be undergoing hip surgery later this month, and he will be out for the season uh, another defenseman uh, who has battled a couple of injuries this year. It appears that he's battling another one now. Thomas Shabbat from the Ottawa Senators is now going on long-term IR with a lower body injury. It looks like he'll be out a minimum of a month. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with deployment there from Sanderson and Chikrin especially, but I think this also gives a bump to the likes of Artan Zub at even strength, uh, who is a pretty good categories beast when he gets increased time on ice. But keep an eye out on power play deployment from Sanderson and Chikrin Um, and we will see what happens there.
1: And Anyone who stashed him too, Craig and, and Jay, anyone who stashed him in this first round of his injury, you know, really that coincided with a very weak part of Ottawa's schedule in terms of games played. They're making up that weakness over the next six to eight weeks. And so for him, if you've been holding on to him, he comes active. You know, to now not be able to capitalize on that—that's a real kick in the pills. But um, he, their playoff schedule is quite strong too. So if people have the the room on their IR slots, you know, don't yeah, it's a rough
0: one for especially with them about to ramp up their games played. Uh, so. But, uh, you know, it's, I think it's entirely up to the, the manager at this point, what they do with him and if there's value above replacement on the waiver wire. Cause I can understand the frustration. So let's move on here, uh, to Chris Kreider from the New York Rangers, uh, day to day with a lower body injury. I checked before we jumped on. There wasn't any update on him. But I think this maybe gives a bump to Lafiniere, uh, who's been quite spicy over the last few weeks. But I think this just increases his opportunity, uh, might even open up that spot. Uh, on PP1 that Kreider holds if Kreider misses any extensive time. But if you are a Kreider owner, just toss him on IR plus or your IR spot and hold on to him until he comes back to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Brian Rust won't play Friday. He's being evaluated, which is tomorrow. He will. He's being evaluated for another upper body injury. So if you're a Brian Rust owner or you picked him back up after his latest injury spell, keep an eye on that on his status uh, and see if it's long term or day to day. There isn't really a status update on that. Uh, but again, I think this gives a bump to Riley Smith.
1: Maybe Latang if they decide to stick with that three-two PP config a little bit longer than than maybe they anticipated. With I mean, Rust was one of was the guy that was taking his place when he was there, so. Maybe they run with that a little bit longer. Yeah, and and you know uh,
0: Ricky Racks continues to be out, so they still are struggling with depth around Crosby and Malkin and Gensel in terms of depth scoring currently, and this doesn't help with Rust going out again, even in the short term. Uh, I'm going to save the goalies till the end because there's a bunch of them, Um, so I'll continue on with the skaters here. Sean Jersey left. Arizona's last game on Monday against the Capitals with a lower body injury. Didn't practice yesterday, and he did not play tonight. So he remains day-to-day with an undisclosed lower body injury. He was still on a, you know, pushing towards a 60-point pace, uh, even with the slower last couple of weeks. Uh, so just keep an eye out on there if you're a Sean Jersey, or Jersey owner. I think this probably gives a bump to potentially Matt Dumba, potentially... You, you see Valimaki and potentially JJ Moser. Uh, I know Matt Dumba got the first look on PP1, but I, I know Valimaki was already getting time with how they rotate their two power play units. So you'll want to see who gets that. The bigger bump in terms of power play deployment amongst the three of those guys, while Jersey's out, so just monitor that and uh, adjust accordingly to your pickups if you're looking for a replacement for Jersey Shabbat, and if you are still crazy enough to be clinging on to Klingberg, there, you know, there might be some viability. Whoever ends up being their PP one uh, quarterback, uh, while Jersey is out. Mm-hmm. Mason McTavish remains day to day. He did not travel with the team. I looked before we jumped on on his specific case. It doesn't even there's no even news if it's upper body, lower body. But I think this continues to drive up the ice time and the opportunity for Frankie V, Ryan Strome, T- Troy Terry, uh, Uncle Leo, Leo Carlson, and Alex Kaloran boys and I uh, at the taxi squad have all have spoken about Anaheim's opportunistic schedule throughout the season, being the team with the most off nights. You know, if you are holding McDavish, I would f- recommend keeping him in that IR plus spot or higher part spot. And just hope it doesn't turn into something long-term because I would imagine once he's back, he slots directly right back into the top six and onto that power play one. Okay. God damn. There's a lot of entries. <laughs> <laughs> two more skaters. That was just the forwards and defensemen. I'm not even done the skaters yet, so <laughs> two more skaters. Rasmus Dallin, uh, Buffalo Sabres defenseman, arguably their best player. He missed tonight. He remains day-to-day with a lower body injury. Monitor his status. You obviously don't drop him. You put him directly into your IR or your IR plus spot and comb the waiver wire. Maybe Owen Powers out there. I know he was running the first power play tonight. He played over 25 minutes. He had five shots on goal. Uh, And then another, I don't even know whether to call him a disappointment or the Rob Brindamore blender effect or whatever the hell is going on with him but andre svechnikov did not play tonight with he is also dealing with an injury and he is day-to-day with an upper body injury not a lower body injury but another higher draft capital player that is off to an extremely slow start hasn't been getting consistent time on ice when he has been healthy and has been in and out of the lineup does this really give a bump to anybody in their top six not particularly because he hasn't even really been there for longest long enough stretches to push anybody out of the top six i only have him in one spot i think i have him in a couple of dynasty spots obviously in dynasty you don't drop him in any fashion you want to hold on to a player of that skill level but in redraft it might be time to see what's out there and available Uh, maybe stick him on your ir plus but it's looking like a not great season for Svechnikov, regardless of what the underlying numbers are
1: saying. Yeah, the periffs are good, but one goal on forty-two shots is brutal, and it won't stay that way. But I mean, even still, how much positive regression do you need to make up for, you know, the amount of times that he's buried yourself? Well, so especially
0: to too when you're averaging under sixteen minutes time on ice when you do play. Finally, into the goalies. <laughs> Two of them are real easy. UPL you. Yuka, Pekka, Lukanin. Oh no! We need to throw my boy a life preserver. Uko here. Uko Puka, Lekka, Paka, Luka, whatever his name is. We're gonna stick with UPL as you guys know. I like to butcher names, so I'm sure the listeners will have a thrill with that one.
1: Yours sounds like a Swedish cartoon.
0: Yeah, show. that's well, probably what he look. That's probably what he looks like right now. Whether it's coming out the top end or the bottom end, uh, all these illness, missing time with illness, sounds like my kids. Uh, but UPL Yikes. Buffalo Sabers one A, <laughs> if that's what we want to call him, he was kind of crowned that last week and then he got sick and he has been out since <laughs> uh but Comrie hasn't been able to take the net from him and levi had a good start tonight but we'll see if they just slot him back in when he comes back from this illness seems similar to the elvis Lickens situation who i don't know why they put him on ir but he's out for a week sounds like the last report I saw, he'll be back by next went their game next Wednesday, uh, but he's also sick. And Jeremy Swayman of the Bo- uh, Boston Bruins is also sick. So he's in a day-to-day status. So just watch your goalie starts. If you're a Swayman owner, a UPL owner, or an Elvis Merzlikens owner, the King, cause they're all sick and it's a pre an undetermined amount of time until they return at this point. And then, I guess the devastating one for me and Jay tonight, Jay didn't see it, but I did. It is crippling because he was taking control of the Maple Leafs net, and I have him in four spots, fantasy-wise. Joseph Wall left tonight's game against the Ottawa Senators with a non-contact lower body injury to his left leg on an awkward save. It didn't look good. He was very, very slow getting up. That He had to help get helped off the ice, and he could not put any weight on his left leg. As Jay said, you know, with Samsonov just disappearing and being hot garbage this year, it might be Martin Jones' time in Toronto Mar- Maple Leafs land. So if you want a sneaky zero-G candidate, uh, that might end the Toronto Maple Leaf season. Go, see, go grab Martin Jones off the waivers. Uh, I might have to do it myself in a couple of spots where I have Joseph Wall and Merzlikens on the same damn team. And then before I hand it off to Maddie K for a look at the weekend's schedule maximization opportunities and the streamers, Patrick Kane, he finally made his debut tonight for the Detroit Red, Red Wings against the San Jose Sharks. The the Wings did blow a four-goal lead and lost 6-5 in overtime, and in Kane's debut, he had 16-33 time on ice tonight with three shots on goal and no points. I didn't have a chance to kind of look at the power play time on ice. I only watched a bit of that game. As expected, he was with Valino and Brinkat on the second line, and he was on the top power play unit but he did not contribute to the five, uh, the five goals that they scored. Uh, and for the short period of time that I watched the second period, he looked like a guy who hasn't played in a while. But from what I've seen on Twitter, he had a couple of nice passes throughout the game. So obviously his playmaking ability is still there, but he hasn't played in quite some time. So those that grabbed him or and the Red Wings fan out there, just be patient as he gets up to speed it'll probably take a couple of weeks until you really see if he can make a true impact with his team oh <sighs> i'm gonna take a deep breath because goddamn, damn there's a lot of injuries in the taxi squad in the in the van cab tonight why don't you take it away matty k and take us through schedule maximization and some streamer suggestions
1: yeah you earned that break that schedule uh and that portion of our program is a lot longer than it should be but we're getting into the meat of the season and in doing so we're getting a lot more injuries so Also of note, just before we get into the schedule, find a way, if you don't have one already, to make sure that you're checking your rosters before 7 p.m., because a lot of times, A lot of these injuries are being confirmed, whether it's illness or whether these uh, shorter term injuries, we're not finding out about them until later in the day or closer to game time. So whether it's something primitive like set an alarm for yourself or if you follow a a couple of game day uh, tweets or things like that, somewhere where you can get a good sense of is everybody in my lineup going tonight Um, so you don't risk missing a few uh, man games on the bench for an injury you could have avoided. So we are going to get into the schedule analysis for week 10. So we got a total of 51 games next week, uh, which is down a little bit from last week. But we've got a really evenly distributed week, which is really nice for streaming purposes. We got every day being between four and 13 games played. So there's no one and two game weeks and there's no or days, sorry. And there's no 14 and 15 game days as well. We don't want those extremes. We want flexibility. Tuesday and Saturday are what we would consider traditional heavy nights. There's 10 games on Tuesday. There's 14 games on Saturday. They're the only real heavy nights of the week. Thursday would be our honorable mention with eight games being played. So literally 50% of the league uh, is playing. We're going to consider that an off night with enough bad teams playing that night in those eight games. we got Chicago, Seattle, Columbus. Washington a few other teams going that probably don't have a whole ton of fantasy relevance in terms of squeezing a game in so um, that should allow flexibilities in basically all but the shallowest of leagues so we have ten teams that play four games next week and we'll need to differentiate between the teams that play on Thursday and don't because it'll impact the teams that truly have that optimal schedule for this analysis we're going to consider Thursday heavy because lineups by nature would only get more accommodative if Thursday um, is treated as an off night. So we've got four teams that have three off nights uh, for coming up for next week. We've got Buffalo, Colorado, and the New York Islanders. Buffalo and the Islanders play Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which is a really nice early week schedule. Colorado follows it up playing Monday, Wednesday, and Sunday. We mentioned a couple of those injuries off the top of the show, um, which is creating some opportunity in Buffalo and Colorado. Um, So check those rosters, check who's out there in your league and check who's maybe notched up uh, a spot or two in the lineup as a result of some unfortunate injury luck. We've got two teams that play four games, two off nights. That's Arizona and Carolina. Carolina plays three games in the final four days of the week. They play Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Arizona has a nice start. They play Monday, Tuesday, Friday. And then we've got five teams that play four games with one off night. That's Calgary, Detroit, Ottawa, Toronto, and Vancouver. Uh, Detroit, Toronto, and Calgary all play three games in the first four days of the week, which is really nice. And Ottawa, Vancouver play Thursday, Saturday, Sunday for a nice finish to the week. There's an honorable mention team here, as we had last week, where we have a team that plays three games, and all three of those games are on off nights, and that's Anaheim. They play Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. We've got Vegas and San Jose also playing three times next week, and they have two off nights with Friday-Sunday finishes for their weeks. So put all that in the blender. We have a lot of flexibility to get at five games out of a single streamer spot for this coming week. Um, Limiting factors, again, might be the number of moves you can make in your league and or the depth of your rosters few teams to avoid for next week if possible uh with with the poorer schedules we've got four teams that only play two games next week columbus the kings uh, minnesota and montreal columbus and minnesota play on the heaviest nights as well they play thursday saturday the kings sneak in a wednesday game with montreal and they play wednesday saturday so those are basically the best and worst looking schedules for this week what we're going to do is circle around and pick a couple streamer suggestions here and we're going to stick largely with those optimal schedules because if we're recommending teams that give you the best chance for those players to make it in your lineup then we should take a look at players on those teams as our starting point to look for opportunity to really pad those games played so we'll start in buffalo we'll do a quick hit on about three players on every team so we've got casey Middlestat, 26 percent own. he's a top line center He's got nine points in his last nine games. He's playing nearly three minutes a night on the power play. Power play IPP is actually really low. He's only 33%. Um, Their power play has been pretty brutal lately. They're ranked 25th in the league, but Tage coming back is good. So I say ride that deployment and ride that schedule if you're looking for center depth. JJ Paterka, 29%. He's line two, power play two. He's got two goals, two assists in his last six. He's adding some periffs too. He's got 18 shots, five hits, three blocks. He gets about a third of the power play time on that second unit. He does have a pretty high IPP for his five v five play, uh, which is fine for a short stream. Um, I would just keep the leash rather short uh, for him as well. And as uh, Craig mentioned, uh, coming out of the injury report, Owen Power, uh, defenseman, 38 percent own. I, for the life of me, cannot understand the 38 percent ownership up until maybe. This afternoon when we found out Dahlin wasn't playing he does surprisingly nothing with the almost 24 minutes of time on ice and a third of power play time he gets it's like the guy plays with eggs in his pockets for someone who's 6'6 and 230 pounds but either way um, the only reason we're talking about him is because with Dahlin injured that likely moves him up to PP1 and perhaps gives him a pulse along the way so moving over to Colorado Again, Colorado's a tough team. Scoring's really concentrated, so we're really looking at the periphery here of the offense. So we got a couple forwards and a defenseman here, Jonathan Druen. Line one, PP1. He's only 3% owned. It's a dream setup. He's got two assists in his last five games, so not exactly delivering on that yet. But his power play time has been elevated over those last two weeks, and he does have a couple power play points. He really doesn't bring a lot of peripherals, so I think this is more of a points league ad but you're certainly doing it based on the deployment and the schedule. Another one to consider would be Ross Colton, center left wing. He's 23% owned. He's line two, power play one with that injury blender going on, injury slash illness blender going on in uh, Colorado. He's got two assists in his last four. He's got four shots on goal in those four games. He's only playing 13 minutes a night. If you're picking up on a theme here with Colorado is you're really looking at scraps here when it comes to uh, to screaming. Um, But, with Makar out, I know he was, was slated to come back in the lineup tonight, but Bowen Byram's 28% owned. He's line two, power play two, plays all that with Devon Taves. He gets 24 minutes a night, about a third of the power play. So if we see Makar pop back up on the uh, the injury front, then that might elevate a few more minutes towards Byram. Uh, The team I'm really excited to talk about is the New York Islanders. I've been waiting to talk about streaming New York Islanders players for probably four or five weeks now. And the schedule just has not made it worthwhile to really look at anybody other than their core. But the Islanders finally have a great schedule. And there's a couple guys here that I think can really help your team. If you have him in your league, Brock Nelson, he's 70% owned, center only, line two, power play one. He's a 13% shooter who's got 81 shots this year. It's 23rd in the league. Uh, He's due for a little hot streak. He hasn't shot this low since 2016. Just go check. Just go check. That's right. 70% might still be available in your league. A little bit lower ownership is Anders Lee. He's left wing, 25% owned. He plays line one at even strength with uh, Horvat and Barzal. He plays on power play two. He's got four goals and six two apples over his last uh, seven games and he brings the perifs he's got 18 shots seven hits 10 blocks and his shot volume has been up lately that's been one of the things that's really put a, a bit of a ceiling on his production has, has been his shots per game those are up uh significantly over the last handful of games so hopefully that sticks and another long shot here calpar mary five percent right wing the ageless one we talked about him on New Jersey for years and years. Um, here he is on the Islanders, line two, power play one, with four points in his last six. That Isles PP is sneaky good. They're seventh in the league. And the last time I checked, were Kyle Palmieri, Palmer he's due for an annual hat trick. Um, it happens like clockwork every single year he plays, if not more than once. And you're going to get four cracks at it this coming week. So I like my chances with Kyle Palmieri on... Line uh, two, power play one, if you're in a really deep league and not able to grab either of the two guys above. The last team we're going to talk about a few streamers from is Anaheim. We mentioned how good their three-gamer was, and this is quite an anomaly. I don't know if we've really seen this so far this year, but I'm going to mention a trio of players here, and you can take your pick of any one of these players you want because it's the entire Anaheim line one. Leo Carlson, Alex Kalorn, Troy Terry. Their ownerships range from 11% to 37%. They all have about the same time on ice. They all have about the same power play uh, production. Uncle Leo has been doing well over his last stint of being active. He's got four points in his last three. He's actually throwing a little bit of peripheral action in there as well too, which is kind of nice. So I'd say stay hot with Uncle Leo. Alex Killorn's showing a pulse. He's got four points in his last six. Troy Terry's the one that's really not producing on the score sheet. He is taking a lot of shots. He's got 14 shots in his last five. Um, He won't stay an 8% shooter. It's not to say that he's going to double or triple that mark, but over his career, he's a much higher converter than that. So with a little bit more puck luck, if he continues to shoot the puck, Troy Terry might be a sleepy option as well. We'll pick out a couple goalies here um, with the New York Islanders. Again, we'll stay with that great schedule and we'll stay with the goalie that's actually been playing better hockey for them. And that's Simeon Varlamov. He's only 40% owned. He's got two straight wins. Uh, Plays Monday against the Jackets tonight. I'm pretty sure they got a W. I haven't checked where they're at right now, but... Um, they have. Uh, he's been the better goalie this year. He's got a 926 save percentage which puts him 8th in the league and a 75% quality start rate. So when you're adding a goalie, certainly from a stream perspective, you're looking for some, some confidence that you're going to get a quality start and there's not many in the league doing it better than him off the wire. And the last guy we're going to talk about on the goaltending front is Alex Lyon. Uh, Might be owned in your league. He's 43% owned on Yahoo, but I know in in sharper leagues, he's going to be picked up already. He's got four straight wins for Detroit, um, minus what happened tonight, as Craig mentioned earlier. Uh, 161 goals against average, 947 saves percentage, tops in the league going into tonight. Um, Detroit plays Monday, Tuesday. So he's getting actually no, that was Huso tonight, wasn't it? That was Huso tonight.
0: Yes, it wasn't Ra yeah. the lion. It was it well, was I mean, Vili. It was Vili's Swiss lion. cheese Huso that blew the four nothing lead. And Var and Varlamov did get the win for the Isles tonight. seven three drubbing and on thirty six saves.
1: Well, you look at that schedule then for Detroit. If it, we know he's getting the second half of the back-to-back, and then the rest of the two games in the week, he could get one or or even both of those games. We'll see. So uh, things are looking good for Alex Lyon. We will finish this segment off with some triple big B's. Boy bangers. Triple and B's. And we're again the triple B's. We are going to stick with the teams we were mentioning above. If we're going to recommend big boy bangers, they better well be in your lineup. give you those points and those peripherals. So we're going to stay with Anaheim. We've got the big boy banger King in Radko Gudis. He's 52% owned, 10 hits, 10 blocks in his last five. He would be considered the Louis Vuitton version of the big boy bangers. And we've also got on Anaheim at 2% owned Ilya Labushkin has got 14 hits, 16 blocks in his last six games. He's the New York City back alley purse option, I guess, of Radko Gudis. But if you're in a league where some maniac overdrafted or overpaid for Radko Gudis and is holding on to him, that's wonderful. You get his teammate, who's producing more on the blocks and hits front, at a 26th of the ownership, and ride that all the way to some cats. In New York, we got a couple defensemen to talk about on the Islanders. Ryan Pulak, 5% owned. He's got 10 hits, 25 blocks in his last 6 games. Scott Mayfield as well, defenseman in New York, 1% owned. He's got 10 hits, 20 blocks in his last 6 games. If you're picking up a, a pattern or a theme here for the Islanders over the last few weeks, it's that they've been getting shelled as well as filling the net, which is exactly what we want for fantasy purposes. And the last person I will talk about for a big boy banger for this coming week is Josh Manson, uh, defenseman for the Colorado Avalanche. He's 5% owned. He's got 20 hits and 16 blocks in his last seven. And he's actually chipped in 11 shots and three points over that period as well. But fellas, we covered the league. We covered some streamers.
2: We covered some big,
1: beautiful bangers.
0: Take it away, Jay, from a strategy
2: standpoint. (laughs) So let's roll together and... One big collective thank you again to NHL Scheduling for another great week of potential opportunities for streams. None of that garbage where Swedish fans were able to enjoy NHL Hockey Live in person. Amazing and incredible, but when you target that together with Thanksgiving and the sadness that is two off nights of no hockey, those are tears, man. Those are tears of sadness. It was a brutal time. This week... You can target four beautiful Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday traditional off nights. And as Maddie K mentioned again, if you're even more half glass full and generous, Thursday still has half the league not playing. So tons of opportunities this week. Let's get in. Let's dive in. Again, our main strategy with streaming is to maximize early week. 10 points, right? We want early goals, we want early shutouts, and all those beautiful things, and you only get those opportunities by getting early games played. You're not gonna get any ad opportunities unless you have a team to drop. So we'll quickly target those four teams that you are gonna target to drop: Columbus Blue Jackets, there's Minnesota, there's LA, and Montreal, right? So those four teams. You already have some ideas of some of those players. I'll I'll give you some ideas here, right? Columbus, you've been holding on, dutiful listener. You've been holding on since week eight, right? With their beautiful, beautiful traditional schedule. And then you held on further for week nine. And now is the time. Now is the time. You've seen Merzlikens. He's gone on to... uh, I think he's gone into IR, right? He's gone into IR for the next little while. They only have two games. You were going to drop him anyway. And now... Even better, you can just pop him into that IR plus spot and hold him there. Wish him a good time in terms of a speedy recovery, but, you know, he, he doesn't need to recover too soon for the rest of week 10. If in the event you don't have your IR spot, don't worry. Punt him away. He is he's not needed for week 10. Every other player, too, on the Columbus Blue Jackets is heavily deep into consideration for dropping, right? You're going to have your Johnny Goudreau holders. You're going to have your Patrick Line holders. I'm going to say if you're banking on Week 10, they're going to be bag holders. So, wait on, right? Minnesota has a ton of players that should be targeted as of now for the remaining second-half Of week 9. Absolutely. They play 3 out of 4 nights. But in week 10. That's when you pop them all off. After they played on week 9 Sunday. They're gone. They're not going to play until Thursday anyway. Now LA and the Habs. Both have players actually. That probably are definitely worth holding on to. LA you can think about too. And I know Craig mentioned it before. But Quinton Byfield's an interesting one. Right? I mean hey he's. He's on 71-point pace. I know he's most likely unlikely to hold and carry on to that based on what I've, I guess, assumed based on preseason content, based on preseason, I guess, perspective. But, hey, at the same time, if there is a week to drop, I guess this week would be the one before there's any uptick in future weeks. Montreal's in a very similar boat, right? You can probably drop safely except for... Obviously, your Nick Suzuki's, obviously your Cole Caulfield's. Um, You can drop the goalies. You can, aside from Matheson, comfortably drop the rest of the centermen and the defensemen. But at the end of the day, once you've opened up and vacated your nice little spot, you're going to zoom into your Week 10 strategy. So in the early Week 10, you're looking at three days and three days in general. You're looking for your Monday-Tuesday back-to-backs, your Monday-Wednesday off-nights, or you're looking for your Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-backs. There's so many opportunities here. We're just going to roll through some of them quick. Arizona, Calgary, Detroit, and Toronto all play those Monday, Tuesday back-to-backs. Grab them, nab them. They play two games early. You can drop them right afterwards. Arizona's a really interesting team right now because they have tons of players on low ownership, but again, are getting line one power play time. And if not, at least... Power play two time Lawson Kraus forty two percent ownership he's dual eligible fifty four shots forty one hits twenty three games hey that's he's not an, he's not amazing but you're getting him for the schedule right Nick Schmaltz similar idea he does not bang at all he managed one hit this entire time which is honestly infinitely more than I was expecting him to have so far but he's still getting Clayton Keller time L one. PP one center right wing eligible, you, you can take a flyer on him for sure, 35% ownership, Nick Bukestad also gets power play two time, and he hits, he bangs, uh, Derzia we mentioned before, funny enough, with a power play one quarterback, I guess, and the quarterback minutes being vacated alongside Derzia's absence, you would have thought that, any of those players from before, such as last season's championship hero, Huso Valamaki, or J.J. Moser, maybe? No, it's actually Matt Dumba who has been vacuuming up all those Power Play 1 minutes. And maybe, if Derzy continues to stay out, uh, maybe this is a Power Play 1 quarterback sneak, so to speak, that you can pop on. Matt Dumba is 1% owned at the moment. So I'd imagine if Dursey's injury keeps him out for a longer stretch of time, uh, he's not going to be one percent owned. But you should get on that before he, I guess, <laughs> pops to pops to far further away. Ingram must mention Ingram is him. That guy is that guy has absolutely taken over uh, the crease.
0: Tonight, tonight was gross. Tonight was gross. We might have we might have pumped
2: his tires a little too much. It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> well, everyone's gonna come back to Earth eventually, and you'd imagine if if the Coyotes decided they'd rather have him start six straight games rather than like I don't turn again I don't want back. to
0: bring down your excitement, but he's losing three one right now and
2: has a seven
0: eight six save percentage in the second period. It's yucky. <laughs> it's
2: it's certainly yucky. And I will say, sadly, as a former Vejmelka owner, I wish I still had the problem of having Ingram on my team. Oh, it's a sad time. Us the Vejmelka owners or former owners. But Ingram is definitely him. And if you are one of the 75% of owners that managed to take him up on the upswing, good job for you for seeing it. One guy that is an absolute hot guy check-in that I can't believe, and when I was doing the prep for this, is a guy called, I can't even say his last name, I don't know if it's Carsoni or Carcone or Carcone, but Michael Carcone is a 27-year-old, I don't know if he's a veteran, a rookie, or he's just been taxied up and down in the league, but he is the Coyotes' leading goal scorer right now. He's ahead of Lawson Kraus. He's ahead of Nick Schmaltz. And he's got 12 goals. And the insane part is that he's line three. He gets 10 minutes of night. He gets no power play one. And no power play two time, let alone power play one. He has six goals in the past six games. And he's shot eight times. He is converting at a whopping 75% shots-to-goals ratio over the past six games. And I think he's just been forgotten because the Coyotes have smashed teams they faced up until Philly tonight. But, wow. If there's any guy that's an absolute hot guy check-in, Arizona, they have Monday-Tuesday back-to-backs. You probably won't get down to the point where you need Carcone, whomever he is... But if you somehow have everybody else taken in your league, you might as well try. Maybe he's going to be seven for seven tonight. There's still time tonight. Maybe he's going to be eight for eight if he takes two goals in the next game afterwards. Either way, with 10 minutes tonight and no power play time, what is this guy doing? That's insane. Let's move on from the madness that is the Arizona Coyotes in that Monday, Tuesday back to back. Calgary. I don't want to spend too much time. There's so many available, popular, highly recognized names. Nazem Khandri, Michael Backlund, Noah Hannafin, Jonathan Don't and I say more. There's just tons of guys out there. Wildly. Okay, and I guess I'll give It's because the
0: these... they're not good. That's why they're all out
2: there. I'll give the caveat, Greg. Right? Okay, so if any of these guys play up to the top, elite level that we know they are capable of somewhere deep inside those loins and veins, you are looking at way longer holds than just early week 10, right? But every single one of those players I mentioned in an average league with average points, standings, and settings is languishing below 150. I think even the worst is Jonathan Huberto, who is languishing at 300, which is incredible. A reminder, he again continues to receive power play one time. The only player who broke top 100 was in a face-offs league and I think it was Nazem Kadri, who has had a great upturn of fortune in the past little while, but still nothing that would probably make him worthwhile to be rostered in a 10 or maybe even 12 team or maybe for the schedule you can consider him. Schedule's not bad. I, I think it's the opponents that I'm worried about. It looks like they're going to get
1: absolutely filled in this week. They play back to back against Colorado and then Vegas. And then they play Minnesota, who's a hot team right now. And then they finish it off with Tampa. So, like, they get four games this week, but they got four
2: banger opponents. That's. I'm. I'm definitely yeah thinking again too. If there was any, if there was any two combo of those two teams, I'd not want to be in the back to back. I think it would have been the actual away at Colorado and Vegas setup. So well, maybe they'll be forced to play a little looser,
1: right? <laughs> and look for those five, five four, four six five, five games four that six, we're looking games. for.
2: Well, that would require Maddie K. <laughs> Jonathan Huberto to shoot. They're, they're, they're
0: also losing two nothing tonight to the to the Hurricanes as we speak.
1: So they suck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Stream. That's
1: a murderer's row of of <laughs> opponents. Though they finish off this week with Carolina and then move right into those teams. That's
0: yeah. It's. Uh, I think I think it, the like the entire taxi squad. You know, Maddie K wasn't with us. No, well, maybe you were, Maddie. Yeah, you were. Our bold prediction show our boldy takes. We might have to have a full uh, cab confessional about that episode specifically on our takes for the Calgary Flames, because if anything, they are just burning down deep into a sunken ship the meme right
1: now. Of the guy. Pounding the horse with the baseball bat, and it's you might as well put a Calgary Flames logo on it. It's the gift that keeps (laughs) on. Did the taxi
0: squad light the saddle dome on fire before the season started?
1: (laughs) In a very, very
0: very bad way, not in a a good way.
2: (laughs) I see all your incendiary puns, Craig, on the flames there. I see all of them. But again, we're playing to the schedule. And again, it's more so play to the schedule and grab flames. But as Craig and Maddie Kay have both mentioned, the schedule is a dual-edged beast. And yeah, their opponents are terrible. But they still play two games. So hope the parody of the league rolls in your favor. Moving on. Okay, so Detroit is a weird team too where so much of their team is already owned. But I do have to mention it up. Jake Wallman, 65 blocks in... 22 games, so he's getting just under one block under three blocks a night, 45% ownership. He does not get any power play time, but you're probably not getting him for the power play time. You're getting him for your category coverage and, damn, three blocks a night. Detroit is going to be one of several teams with the same problem. The other team that has the same problem, too, is Toronto, where it's... All the worthwhile streamable player options, we're generally looking for power play opportunities, times, hot streaks, all those things. Toronto just doesn't have that. Detroit just doesn't have that. Like, they have solid G1s. They have tons of other, I guess, like, considerations, so to speak. So, the the big idea here is just look for whoever's available. Tyler Bertuzzi, look for who's available. Matthew Nyes, they, they get some... They get some basic power play two ownership, and that's about it, right? We'll move on from your back-to-back setups, and we'll think further. If you're going for the off-night setup and schedule, uh, Buffalo has a similar problem again as the other two that we mentioned, Detroit and Toronto. A lot of those guys are owned up. Uh, go back to what Maddie K said. Owen Power, if Darlene's out for a longer period of time, he's getting PP one c- c- uh, quarterback. I mean, Alex Tuck. Also out on IR right now, JG Paterka. Right, he's he's gonna be the guy you can target again. Twenty nine percent ownership. Tage is back. Right, so uh, that's great for Tage owners. Also, a reminder: please take him off your IR plus if somehow you forgot to.
0: Tage Thompson after one game gets right wing eligibility in Yahoo. Amazing, amazing. Because I own him in four <laughs> spots and didn't have a spot for him in a couple of places. Is perfect. Thank you. <laughs> and oh, and.
1: Tage back, yeah. Tage back. Cole, yeah, Tage Cole, back. Cole Perfetti
0: ahead. has been playing left wing the entire season and is still only center eligible.
1: There must be like sacks with dollar signs that people to show up at the Yahoo office with with a, a written Perfetti on the thing or <laughs> the. Um, no, the universe has to balance itself out. Tage comes back after being injured. Darlene and Tucker out um, with. Uh, minor injuries as well. So Buffalo, like we mentioned before, unfortunately has a curse of just never being able to have an entire a full
2: roster on the ice at any given night. But Tage not only is back, but has scored tonight while being back. So he is not just back on the ice, he is back. back. He
0: has two points in two games since he returned.
2: Now, Colorado, let's move on to another team with off-night great schedules, but the same problem as Detroit, as Toronto, as Buffalo, which is Colorado, who has... A ton of team ownership already, you know, chalked to the nines. Now, they do have some weird opportunities with absences and injuries as well. So, Valerie Nishushkin got injured. So, Ross Colton now gets a ton of power play time. Ross Colton, you look over, he's what? He's, I think, 29 Shushkin is
0: one of those mysterious uh, illness people he's... All, apparently they were all together and just passing it back and forth. Yeah, he's an illness yeah. guy. That's right. So his status, his status is un- uncertain with uh among.
1: But it's two games now. He was he was a late scratch earlier in the week, like late late scratch earlier in the week after dinner scratch, mm. and
2: uh, and then followed up with being out tonight. So it's lingering, whatever it is. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but Ross Colton. Absolute pickup in his absence. Uh Jonathan Druin as well. I I know there's a lot of uh <sighs> <noise> about him. <laughs> but, but regardless, he gets power play one time. He's yeah, definitely barf emoji in certain other considerations, but power play one time is being filled right now by Ross Colton and Jonathan Druin. Uh Weirdly, I guess because Kale McCarr has been out and in and out and in. uh Bowen Byram, I mean, he doesn't get the power play one when he's out, but he gets the power play two when Devon Taves moves up to power play one. So, I guess basically, you monitor and check to see if Kale McCarr is out. Chuck him down into IR plus. Move Devon Taves. I guess he, you're not going to get him. He's 85 owned, but if I guess you are trying to. Holy shoulder up the entirety of the Colorado quarterback situation. Then you you also snag Bowen Byram. He's 27% owned. He gets the power play two in absences. Ryan Johansson, 13% ownership. He's dropped down to power play two. But again, if you're playing the off night schedule of Colorado, that's who you could target. New York Islanders, Maddie K touched on a lot of it already. Ryan Pollock 64 blocks, 24 games, just a magnet for the rubber. 5% ownership, you can go worse, right? Anders Lee, same thing. Line one, power play two, 25% ownership. I think he had the game winning goal a couple nights ago for the Islanders. Uh, Kyle Palmieri again, gets power play one time. There are just so many opportunities if you're targeting these teams, I guess, and off night schedules. It's a just go check situation. Get whomever is best. Get whomever is actually filling up The ice time. I really appreciate this week even further with the idea that there actually are teams with back-to-backs for Tuesday and Wednesday. You can get and hold on to a team, hold on to Pittsburgh, Winnipeg, mostly Winnipeg because Pittsburgh, as you can tell, is just completely owned up. Everybody is 97% owned. Like, Malkin is 97% owned. You have to end up dropping real, real low down to Riley Smith. Right, you're you're basically banking that Ricky Racks and uh, Brian Rust are somewhat bothered enough to not suit up that night, and then hopefully the power play one does not go Latang's way and goes Riley Smith's way, and then you, streaming listener, <laughs> would have access to that. I guess underperforming, but heavily potent, or should theoretically be heavily potent. Uh, Pittsburgh Power Play 1. Winnipeg's the much better option. I mean, we talked about it before the stream, uh before we s- started recording as well. So they have Nino Niederreiter, Brendan Dillon, Neil Pion, Cole Perfetti, all these guys are under 35-40% ownership. And then we also have Nikolai Ehlers, and I was looking there too. I don't understand how he is not doing more. He gets line one, he gets power play one, he shoots a ton. He doesn't do any peripherally do anything peripherally, but you'd think with the firepower on the Winnipeg Jets and all that time available, he's gotta do more, right? Well, hopefully this week. I would definitely target uh Nikolai Eaglers if I could, and I had the ability to, and he was available. Um, just go check, right? Like see which guy, but Winnipeg is definitely gonna be the team to target if you're going for the Tuesday-Wednesday back-to-back. And I guess with this, you basically have the main early Week 10 setup ironed out. That's your main kink, right? So if you're rolling in, we at the Taxi Squad are heavily emphasizing, we want you to win your week, but the way to win your Week 10 is to win early. But look at that schedule, target those teams that we mentioned, look for some of those players, and heck, you know, you're going to win your week early, you'll have an early lead, and that's what we're talking about at the taxi squad craig i'll throw it back to you yeah i think this is a good
0: overall look into next week week 10 because this is a very strong week where you can cut you can break this week into two two direct halves in terms of streaming and not only maximize your games played but utilize your ads in a very strategic manner and i think you guys nailed it with your analysis your our streaming suggestions to the listeners because you can Whether you want to target, whether you're in a categories league and you want to target hits and blocks early, you could stream those guys, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then drop them and then look for points guys that you can grab in the latter half of the week. Or you could do the reverse of that, chase points in the early half of the week because it's heavier. And like the teams we mentioned, uh, there might be more players available that are more point specific. And then you can chase your categories uh, in the second half of the league. But I think this is probably the first week that I can recall in this season where you could truly optimize both games played and your ads in really looking at it the week in two halves, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, stream, stream, whoever the hell you want with maybe half your ads, those three days. If they're producing, you hold them. If they're not, you draw, you punt them directly into the sun, and then you look to chase either your categories that you're behind in, or you go after those teams that uh, Maddie K and Jay mentioned in the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which we'll get deeper into in the weekend preview early next week. Uh, but I think it's very much a stream between two halves, uh, depending on how you want to look at it for week 10. So why don't we close off tonight as we traditionally do in our week previews with the guys that we uh, here at the Taxi Squad are going to label as our streamers of the week and the guys that we are going to be hope- hopefully targeting for our league teams uh, for week 10. So Maddie K, why don't you uh, throw in your streamers of the week for week 10 for the people out there?
1: So we're going to stick with a couple of the teams that we mentioned a little bit earlier on in the episode that have really great schedules. And we're going to go with line one center for the Anaheim Ducks, and that's Leo Carlson. I want to believe that they got a lot of this roster and load management nonsense behind them in Anaheim. I don't know if I'm 100% confident in that, but I'm getting there. And you know, like the, the coach mentioned earlier in the season they were doing this for a purpose, and that was to make sure they could he could be a horse for them uh in the latter half of the of the season. We're getting into the meat of the season now with the with the first quarter effectively behind us. So I'm hoping Leo Carlson can kind of find his groove here. He's doing all the things that we need to see to be an effective uh producer in both real life hockey as well as fantasy. So Four sorry three opportunities on three off nights for him next week uh, to get in the lineup and hopefully produce. And the second guy is going to be Anders Lee. Uh, pretty, I mean, I would stick with Brock uh, Nelson if he was actually there. Odds are really good in in most leagues he's not, but Anders Lee at 25% likely is available. He brings pretty much something for everybody depending on the format of league that you're in. In a Cats league, he's actually more valuable unless you've got a really solid uh, scoring system in your points league that values peripherals. But either way, you're going to get him for four games. um, And he's been producing lately across all lines. And those are my two guys we're going to roll with for Week 10.
0: Yeah, don't worry, Matty K. I could see it in your face, buddy, the trepidation with f- un- Uncle Leo. But free free Leo Carlson, I have mentioned him many times over our episodes uh, since the beginning of August. Even recommended him highly as a value streamer uh, like you have just done. And the load management has bit me in the ass, ass just even me streaming him myself. So you got to ride those flames. He's just too damn good, because if you actually get a good week where he does get all the games he's like you said he's going to produce because of the opportunity because of the time on ice and because of the skill levels. so yeah I'll, I'll take i'll ride with you with uncle leo all day long uh jay why don't you know since you're gonna need all of the points with your two uh why don't you just you know go off and uh, let the people know who you're targeting i hope you do target them in the leagues that we're in because you better hope that they get all of the points because they do nothing from a peripheral standpoint.
2: I'm a sucker for the schedule, right? And I'm going to say too, like, get these guys with the expectation of they'll play early and only if you can fit them in their lineup. But they play the first two nights. I'm sticking with those Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Nick Schmaltz, Lawson Kraus, pretty highly owned. So half-decent chance they're not going to be there. I was going to have an honorable mention for Nikolai Ehlers, but the big thing with Schmaltz and Kraus is that they play four games, and they also play back-to-backs with a break and another back-to-back again. If they're in a league, if you are in a league where they are even on the wire, then they offer a very unique opportunity where you can pick them up, both of them, drop them, And then, well, I guess you'd have to, in order for that to occur, you'd have to pick one of them, and then you'd have to drop them for somebody else, and then you have the opportunity on Friday again to double dip on these guys and get a full game, full week played from them in addition to extra games, I think that's just too juicy, but yeah, Craig's right on the part where you better hope Nick Schmaltz is scoring or Clayton Keller's doing something and Nick Schmaltz is skating by. If not, yeah, that's a tough stream to saddle.
1: <laughs> and here I thought you'd be going with the, the hottest Arizona Coyote <laughs> right now in Alexander Kerfoot. No, just just and so the list. Line three, PP1 deployment firing on all cylinders right now.
0: Yeah, I don't 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 uh, don't hate on the Kerfoot man the the once you know line three stalwart of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, he's doing.
1: He- it's hard to shit on nine points in four games. I mean, do your thing. It, this is probably the, the the most relevant sample size of Alexander Kerfoot hockey we're gonna see all year. But. We're talking about a
0: resurgent Arizona coyotes resurgent and in the playoff spot. All right. Well, that takes us to me. I'm staying directly in the flames because I do believe this team is going to figure it out. They aren't this bad. Yes, they have some injuries, but I'm going to ride their two hot hands into next week, especially with the tuck injury, especially with what I mentioned uh, on our previous episode. It appears that Middlestad is you know, solidified as the uh, line one center at this time because I don't think Tage can take face-offs due to his injury. Yes, he's
1: back. Yeah, they pushed him to the wing.
0: Right, but he's on the right wing now, like we mentioned earlier in the show. That means to me he can't – he's not ready to take face-offs. So Casey middlestat's going to be there, I think, most likely, at least in the over the next month uh, as Tage gets back to full health. And if he continues to produce the way he's been producing – I think they kind of ride him there because you have underperformance from Dylan Cousins and Peyton Krebs as well down the middle in their bottom nine. Uh, But yes, my streamers of the week or my targets for who I believe that will produce next week based on schedule and based on opportunity is JJ Paterka, right wing, line two, power play two for the Buffalo Sabres, and Casey Middlestad, center for the buffalo sabers line one power play one i do believe you know this team like you said maddie k is going to get healthy and they're going to play better hockey come december well we are in december but as december goes on and into january uh and be more of that team that we saw last year maybe still having a lot of trouble keeping the puck out of the net but starting to score at a much higher clip uh than they have over the first two months of the season well, and I'm just going to paint a picture before we sign off on because I could see it in Jay's eyes. This is a, a a a week that all the listeners and the Taxi Squad boys can picture Jay on Monday morning, Wednesday night, and Friday morning just like that full on like look and laid back look of satisfaction as he maximizes all streaming efforts this week (laughs) in a traditionally beautiful streaming week laid out for Jay to just like take every single name he possibly can and figure out how to put it into his lineup. So you can just picture that just happening. Just, ah, yes. Stream me, stream me,
2: but I don't want to be fair. (laughs) <laughs> to be fair, Craig, th- there are different streaming strategies and everything, and I will say, Craig is a guest. Oh, I'm popping off Monday, Monday morning. Gets- I'm just streaming everybody
0: Monday immediately, morning. but I am I'm, am I'm a get it in early, Jay. I don't like satisfaction later in the week. I want to know that my streamers are locked in and nobody else can take them from me, okay? <laughs>
2: True. True.
0: Regardless of what happens, even if I see multiple injuries like I've seen this week... You know, I just I just eat it right or forget what day it is or what week we're talking about or if we're talking about a weekend or (laughs) if it's Friday or Monday, who knows? But let's not get uh, too deep into mine and Jay's insanity. Uh, We will sign off for now as the five hole taxi squad. Uh, this is has been your week ten week preview. Jay, Maddie, K, and myself will be back early next week with the week ten weekend preview, followed by the week eleven week preview later that week. As Alan is traveling, uh, but we will sign off for now. Uh, we will say thank you for listening, as always, and giving us your ears and your time. I hope we help you have helped you in week nine chase after those W's, and I hope that we are laying a strong foundation for you to set up another win in week 10 so please subscribe like and give us five stars where you get your fine podcasts follow us all on twitter you can find all of our handles uh in the show notes uh please feel free to reach out to us there or if you're not in there already, please get in there with us in the five hole fantasy hockey discord. There's 2,500 plus, uh, like-minded individuals talking all things fantasy hockey and life in general. We are always available to you guys, at least one of us, uh, to interact, to answer any of your fantasy hockey questions, uh, whether that's through the taxi squad hotline, the Thursday mailbag, uh, the hot, takes and pancakes channel or the episode discussion channel. Uh, please feel free to reach us out to any of us there in the discord or on Twitter slash X. We'd be more than happy to help you from the van cab perspective. Also give Mike Rogerson, uh, one of the OGs of the five hole fantasy hockey podcast, uh, all the support uh, that he deserves with our sister channel, the five hole fantasy hockey guide, uh, the limited series that he's created to help, Uh, anybody new at fantasy hockey and or any new commissioners of new fantasy leagues out there god I hate goalies what is wrong with them get them out of this goddamn sport I don't even understand
1: you're landing (laughs) this I don't
0: even understand I don't even understand what their purpose is anymore but anymore but good night everybody it's all love Jay turn off the fares we'll park the van cab let's get out of here
1: appreciate being on with you guys again and appreciate everyone listening can't wait to do it again
2: We'll pick you up later.